Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. This is where we recap the biggest moments in the day's biggest trials. I'm Jesse Weber. So we're talking about the ongoing trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard out in Fairfax County, Virginia, and we just wrapped up day 11. Depp is suing his ex-wife for $50 million, claiming defamation, namely that she falsely accused him of domestic violence in a 2018 Washington Post op-ed piece, and that that article ruined his life and career. But she's actually countersuing him for $100 million, saying that he defamed her by publicly calling her a liar and that she was making up these abuse allegations. And the day started off with Depp calling more witnesses as he's still presenting his case. And we started off with the deposition testimony of Terrence Dougherty. This is the COO and general counsel of the ACLU. And a lot of you out there might be saying, the ACLU, what what does that have to do with anything? Well, when Depp and her divorced back in 2016 and she received $7 million in that settlement, she had said that she would donate all the money to charity. But Depp is saying that her didn't do that, that she lied, something that he's been consistent with during the course of this case. Now, for example, her had promised the ACLU three and a half million dollars, but only one point three million dollars has been paid out of that. And of that, Heard herself only paid three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's the only amount that came from her pockets. The rest came from debt a donor-advised fund, and even a fund that was backed by Elon Musk, who Heard had dated at that point. Well, here's Dougherty explaining more. So after this December 2018 donation, has Ms. Heard made any donations directly or indirectly to the ACLU? No, those are the four contributions, the one that we've just, the four that we've discussed. Well, we're almost um, three years since her last contribution. What, if any, efforts has the ACLU made to get Amber Heard to pay? Um, we reached out to Ms. Heard. We um, reached out to Ms. Heard starting in 2019 for the next. Um, installment of her giving, and um, we learned that she was having financial difficulties. Well, let, let's let's uh, unpack that. So, uh, when in 2019 did the ACLU reach out to Ms. Hurd about making uh, her promised contributions? I don't recall the date, but there is a document that we produced that was an email from um, Anthony to. Uh, Amber about this in 2019. Now, Heard's counsel did try to show that maybe it wasn't a promise per se to pay the money and that maybe she does still intend to pay the money, even though the testimony revealed that the ACLU is concerned who Heard will actually pay the remainder of the balance. But here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, number one, it makes Amber Heard look dishonest. And in a trial about whether or not she's telling the truth, this kind of testimony is critical. Number two, it makes it look like she's all about keeping the money for herself, and Depp has tried to paint her as somebody who was ambitious for wealth and fame over the love for him. To give you an idea about that, a little bit later on in the day, we heard from Ed White, who's Depp's business manager, and he was quite taken aback with what Heard was apparently demanding in the divorce. So yeah, Depp is trying to paint her as somebody who was money-hungry and opportunistic. As a result of your uh, involvement 
on behalf of Mr. Depp and the negotiation, what was your understanding of what Ms. Hurd was looking for? She initially was looking for a consideration of $4 million, but her demand continually increased. It went from $4 million to $5 million. Then it went from $5 million to $5.5 million. Then it went to $7 million. And then it was $7 million, and she required, demanded that Mr. Depp also pay $500,000 to her attorneys. Then, after that consideration, she also said that all the community liabilities that were accumulated objection, during the course of the marriage, which approximated $13.5 million. So the next demand was that all of the community liabilities that were unresolved, approximately $13.5 million, that Mr. Depp had to pay those liabilities in its entirety. So at that point, she was demanding $14,250,000 of consideration, and then it got worse. The next demand was that all of this consideration be paid to her free of taxation. And counselor, for him to pay $14,250,000 million, $14 million to Ms. Hurd, that would require him to earn approximately $30 million. Dollars. So far beyond the scope, so far beyond his foundation of what was discussed. So yeah, Depp is trying to paint Hurd as somebody who was money hungry and opportunistic. And stay with us here at Sidebars. We'll continue right after these words from our friends at They Walk Among America podcast. The award-winning team that created They Walk Among Us featuring true crime cases from the UK now bring their unique and bone-chilling podcast across the pond to the United States. Dive deep into cases that hit close to the American heartland. Police have arrested a man they are calling a serial killer. With the criminals that walk alongside you. Significant evidence. That's what Maui police are calling the results of a DNA test linked to a 20-year-old cold case murder. Who live next door, or maybe, who sleep beside you. Police are investigating a double homicide. This is They Walk Among America. A new true crime podcast covering tales of murder and mystery in the United States. The defendant is guilty of manslaughter as charged. They Walk Among America is a Law and Crime Podcast Network production. For more information, visit lawandcrime.com slash podcasts or theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Well, let's go back to the ACLU for a minute because after some payments were made to the ACLU, we learned that the organization appointed Heard an ACLU ambassador. And in fact, the ACLU staff, including their attorneys, actually drafted and reviewed the 2018 Washington Post article, the very thing that Depp is suing for. Now, one of Amber Heard's defenses to defamation is that the Washington Post article doesn't directly reference Johnny Depp. But as Dougherty explained on the stand, it seemed that everyone involved knew that's what it was about, and they specifically had to neutralize the language in that piece so it wouldn't violate the terms of Heard's dissolution agreement with Depp. There was a NDA in place. He basically indicated that Heard wanted even more details in there about Depp. But not only that, the timing of the piece was a bit curious. And isn't it true that Ms. Hurd's advisors initially revised the draft to remove any reference to Ms. Hurd's marriage or divorce? I 
recall a number of email communications back and forth among um, ACLU personnel and Ms. Hurd's attorneys where they were um, suggesting edits to the op-ed relating to um, matters covered in the MDA. And then isn't it also true that there were some at the ACLU who expressed their belief that excising those references to her marriage and divorce from Johnny Depp made the op-ed less impactful, correct? Um, it is correct, that is correct. But ultimately, based on those voices, Ms. Hurd pushed to get that excised material backed into the op-ed so it could be more impactful, true? That's not my understanding. My understanding is that the language that wound up in the final op-ed piece was very different from the original language that Robin included in the op-ed after um, having uh, spoken with Amber about her personal experiences. And how was it different? Um, it was, it, it did not refer directly to um, Ms. Hurd's relationship with, um, with Johnny Depp. The goal is to get this out this week to capitalize on the tremendous campaign for Aquaman. What does that mean? That means from the ACLU's perspective that Amber is about to receive an incredible amount of press and be in the public eye. So what, what better a time would it be than now to put out this op-ed so that it generates significant readership about our issues. And Amber agreed with the ACLU on that point, correct? I believe the answer is yes. Every step of the way we were um, making these decisions with um, Amber's um, PR representatives. And in fact, we learned that an ACLU staff member pitched the piece to the Washington Post by saying, Hey, Michael, wondering if we might interest you in a piece by Amber Heard, who was beat up by Johnny Depp about how to protect women in similar situations. So Johnny Depp's argument would be the article was clearly about him, even if it doesn't mention his name. Heard made up the allegations, and this is defamation by implication, and it seemed that the article was jumping on the bandwagon of the release of a major motion picture, and Heard was starring in it. So again, kind of casting doubts on the sincerity of her allegations. But we can't not address the way the day finished up because we saw the testimony of Depp's bodyguards, Malcolm Connolly and Starling Jenkins. And they would testify, as a lot of the Depp witnesses have testified, that Amber Heard was off, that she was antagonistic, that she would scream at Depp, even described her as wearing the pants in the relationship. And one of the bodyguards described seeing injuries on Depp's face. Again, all continuing the narrative that she was the abuser and Depp was the victim. And her team would try to show, look, you weren't around 24-7. You don't know what caused the blow-up fights and acknowledge that there were times that Amber was, in fact, respectful and calm. But this, this was the real doozy. You remember that testimony that Depp provided when he was on the stand that his security team informed him that while he was away, someone defecated in his bed, even actually called it a grumpy? Well, we got a much better understanding of what might have happened from Starling Jenkins when he recounted a conversation that he had with Amber Heard 
as she was headed to Coachella in 2016. And did you have any discussions with Ms. Hurd on the way to Coachella that evening? We had a conversation pertaining to the surprise she left in the boss's bed prior to leaving the apartment. And when you refer to the surprise in the boss's bed, what are you referring to? The defecation. And what did Ms. Hurd say about the defecation in Mr. Depp's bed? A horrible practical jerk gone wrong. Mr. Jenkins, what observations did you make about Ms. Hurd at Coachella in April 2016? She had no worries. She was there to whoop it up. You can't make this stuff up. What a case. Thanks for joining us here on Sidebar. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Jesse Weber. Speak to you soon. Thank you.